nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. There are over 500,000 homeless people living in America today. And if you live in California in cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Palm Springs, you know that the homeless problem is only getting worse. In today's episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs, I'm joined by Tyson Knight. He's a writer, producer, and director of the award-winning documentary film, The Art of Hustle, Homeless Street Artists. Tyson and I have a really fun and interesting discussion. We talk about art, of course. We talk about movie making and documentary making. We talk a little bit about freedom, and we also talk about time travel. This is an episode you won't want to miss. Welcome to the show, Tyson Knight. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. So, so much to tell about yourself, right? Yes. And you are one of the most interesting people I have met. And um, you are very much a Renaissance man. I appreciate that. Very Thank much you. like myself, a Renaissance woman. Absolutely. And a lot of the people that come on this podcast. So, go ahead and tell us about yourself. Um, you know, obviously my name's Tyson Knight. Um, I'm an actual street artist, film producer. Um, I was a master barber at one point. I used to cut celebrities' hair. Wow. Um, I used to cut hair for the Philadelphia Eagles football team. Um, I just, whatever talents I have, I just kind of try to manifest them and, and, you know, bring them to the forefront and just, I just go, I just dive in. So I just, yeah. So I'll take Renaissance man. Yeah. I love yeah. that. It's yeah. very Galileo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I read this book called Galileo's Dream, and mm-hmm. it was, and I learned so much about Galileo. Yes. And I think I was telling you a little bit about my father, how uh, my father only had an eighth grade education, mm-hmm. uh, but um, he was able to do so much. And I was just like, where do you get all this knowledge from? You know, like one day he he had this welding job at a big plant a nuclear plant and he got um laid off and then he started making furniture and just his um calculations and his mm-hmm. his sketches mm-hmm. were pretty amazing very yeah. much like galileo yeah. so um where does that come from where you just know how to do things i mean do you um, channel that i mean where do you channel it well, from i think even thinking even talking thinking about your father and talking about him is you know i i see that he had some of the unique abilities I have. I think it it comes from um, a space that you're just extremely blessed to be able to tap into hidden talents that you have, right? Um, I think it's very important to find those hidden talents. So I think we all have unique abilities. I think the hardest part is navigating those abilities and bringing them to the forefront and actually being able to put actionize them in a certain way. So I think we all have have unique abilities, but only a certain few actually actionize them. So that's the blessing, I think. 
And we were talking about how you started doing art. Mm -hmm. Like, did you, were you ever formally trained? Like, did you ever take any art classes? Well, here's the, here's the story behind that. Um, when I was younger, I would be in my room just kind of like drawing comic books and like, I would collect baseball cards, my favorite baseball card uh, players. And um, my mother saw my drawings. It was on my line paper from my, my school uh, notebook. And she's like, wow, you, you got some talent. She's like, you want to pursue this? I said, yeah, I do. Um, fast forward a few years, still was kind of drawing. And um, I got introduced to uh, spray paint cans and graffiti. So, you know, I was around 14, 15. Uh, me and my friends, I, I stole every paint can my parents had in their garage. I mean, you know, for some reason, back in the day, all parents had like just yeah. odd stuff in their garage for some yeah, reason. Yeah, they right? had a lot of paint cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah my parents I, did too. I think about now, like, what were they using them for? I don't even know. But um, so I took all those cans and we would just, you know, go in the streets and just do graffiti. So my parents got alarmed. It's like, no, no, we don't want you doing that. So uh, what they did, they put me in um, some private art lessons for a small extended amount of time. And um, that was cool because I was able to learn um, a little bit more about fine art. But I, it, it, I gotta say this, it helped me that just to learn about fine art, but um, pop art and street art was where my heart was. So um, it's funny because, and let me say this, those classes only lasted maybe not even a month. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I so, already know this. Yeah, Got so, it. So I, uh, I, so I would say I don't have any formal training per se, um, but if you want to count that as you could, but that's not really something that I really took to heart and actually really actionized and really did for a long period of time. Um, so it's funny because now I fast forward in my life and my career as an artist, you know, I see myself using some of those techniques that I was taught in fine art into my <laughs> art, which is funny. It is funny because it's only like a month or so. It wasn't even anything extended time. And um, it was just fascinating to me that I was able to take that and put it with my street art and I call it, uh, pop urban art. I love it. Yeah, so I'm able to, you know, use that and put it into my artwork. So I guess it worked out. <laughs> Some of your, I was reading on your um, your website mm -hmm. that your inspiration was Basquiat, right? Yeah, yeah Basquiat, yes. And and um, also, um, what's his name? The soup can guy. Uh, Why can't I Andy think Warhol. Andy Warhol, right? Uh, Keith Haring. Um, also, uh, Roy, Roy Lechtenstein and, um, Picasso. Um, and the, the reason why I, I have a, um, a fascinating fascination with Picasso is because when he started doing his cubism and, you know, that his later works as he got older, to me, it, it has like a street art feel just to my mind, like how it's like these distorted yeah. images, right? Like if you go and look at any graffiti you see on the train or anything, it's like these distorted images that these artists have come up with in their mind. So it just put me in that kind of mind frame. So I said, wow, that would be some cool, you know, graffiti for someone to do like some Picasso style graffiti. Yeah. Right? Have you ever been to the museum, Picasso's museum in Spain? In Bar uh, not Barcelona, but in, um, yeah, in Barcelona. I have. No, I haven't been. You know who's been though? My mother. Oh, <laughs> My mother has been, she made it before me, right? You need to go. I'm, it's pretty amazing to, yeah. because 
what I loved about the museum is you start from when Picasso started creating when he was a child and mm-hmm. he started doing portraits. Yes. Like I think as a teenager. Yes, he went to so, certain periods. So, yes. Yeah. So they take you through the museum with all his changes, mm. you know, and it's amazing. And they take you to all of a sudden you you're in one area and all of a sudden you get the distortion yeah and you're like oh yeah. this is where he started using acid yeah got it you can tell something was going on with him at that right it's know. it's just such a but when you go to that museum it's such a it's a drastic change yeah you're yeah. you're just like whoa yeah <laughs> more refined then it gets more into like just more just abstract um just i'm gonna do whatever i want to do yeah and and what's amazing about that is that's the work that he's mostly famously known for and that sells for hundreds of millions of dollars right right (laughs) and i never knew he was a portrait artist i was like what like it's very basic it's very basic and all of a sudden you're like whoa (laughs) so he found his he found you know his his niche you know he found um the artwork that really made him the artist he is today. Right, yeah. right. It's fascinating. Yeah, it I is mean, fascinating. I love street art mm-hmm. as well. Um, I was actually studying how to become a street artist because there's mm. no classes on how to become a street artist. Well, you know so, how to become a street artist? Well, okay, tell me. Take some paint cans and go to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And Spray yes. your first building and you are officially a street a street artist. artist. Spray your okay. First, yeah. Write your sure. name on the building. Then sure. If I get arrested, do you know what happens to me? I lose my license. Like, I cannot get arrested. As oh, no. You're not, yeah, I, so, that, I definitely know what you do. But how about this? <laughs> so, so this is what I did. Let me let me tell you what I did yeah. first. So I took the nurse approach, yeah. the, the, the master's prepared nurse approach, which mm-hmm. is you got to do your research. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I started reaching out to um, street arts. First, I watched what inspired me was the that movie... Um, Exit through the gift shop? Yes, of course, yeah. with Banksy. With Banksy, yeah. and, and then I went to a Banksy exhibit in downtown mm. L.A., yes. uh, which was awesome. Um, and then uh, and then I, I found grants. Okay, so that's what a, a master's prepared nurse does, or even a doctoral prepared. you got to get a grant. you got to get the money first. We find like, the money before I, we start like, the project. I like that approach. So that's how we think. So I, I like that way of thinking. That's yeah, so really I found the grants. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I started reaching out to, like, one of them was Meg Zaney. So mm. I reached out to Meg Zaney. Okay. That was in the beginning when I think she was just barely getting popular in yeah. L.A. Because mm-hmm. I had seen that she was doing a lot of um, the uh, mechanical towers. You know how Not, they have yeah. them painted yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, in, in L.A. all over Los Angeles. So yeah. I was like, how are you doing that? Are you just going and painting? So she said, and so she gave me some tips on mm. how to start as a mm-hmm. street artist. Mm-hmm. But she didn't say that. But uh, Los Angeles was giving these street artists money to yeah, paint, yeah, yeah. and I didn't know that. Yeah. So then Most I found that's that. how yeah. I found yeah. out. I was like, oh, I can actually, it, you know, get like a thousand dollars per, yeah. you know, street thing if yeah. I paint it. So then, um, and then another one was Shani Jo Darden that I asked, and she has an organization called I Love Boobies. Which I, I is the, I've, I've saw it, I think I've seen that she, on hats and stuff or yeah, stickers or something. So she's in um, Pioneer Town um, oh, or Pioneer in Town y- Yucca great. Valley. Yeah, yeah where I all the great. artists are. Yeah, so Pioneer that's where Town she's great, at yeah. now. I did a piece inspired by inspired by Pioneer Town. Yeah, yeah I like so Pioneer Town. She does Posture of Paris of Women's Breasts, and she gets you should work with her because she gets artists to paint them. Mm, okay. I'll have to put you in contact with her. Yeah, she's super cool. cool. Yeah. She used to be a Levi's designer, so she used oh, to nice. design jeans. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, 
And so I had I uh, I had her organization. It's called Keep Abreast, actually. Mm-hmm. She sponsored, um, gave me some swag for one of my storytelling nice. shows. And um, she was in the arts district in downtown LA. And I remember I asked her, I was like, hey, there's a lot of graffiti art here. How do I get to, you know, do that? And she's yeah. like, okay. She's like, either nobody sees you or yes. the way you don't get arrested is you ask the store owner for permission you know, yeah. <laughs> too, but you know, um, most street artists really start out, um, quote unquote, doing it illegally. Of course, right? Um, that's like a rite of passage to kind of, oh, okay, get you into the. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like because I mean, an artist is going to be an artist, right? Right. So if you were to like, okay, so really, it's really, it's an instinct, right? So if you, if you, if we, listen, you know, this your, your office here. If we bring a. A child in here and give him um, a sharpie. What's the first thing he's gonna do? It depends. He could do a lot of things. He's gonna go right to the wall. <laughs> he's gonna make it to the wall. Probably. Right. So that's something I think in humans that we it's already there. Like even if you go back, back in like ancient times where they had like hieroglyphics and stuff on on the wall. So yeah, it's old school graffiti. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I, I done all my research and then I started looking at how to do the stencils mm. and yeah. And so I yeah. watched a, a, several guys on YouTube doing yeah. stencils and then I started doing, and then I totally abandoned the project because I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, well, st- you know, stencils is really, you know, stencil, stencils, um, stencil work is really good for, um, putting something up really quickly. Right? Yeah. And that's what I wanted. And it's like, you yeah. just, you, you press it against the wall. Yeah. Pull it. And you're gone. Yeah, right? and that's what I, that's the style, like, yeah. very much like Banksy. Yeah, Banksy, yeah. Like, he, yeah. that's his, like, that's his signature style. Like, right. And he's able to put up, like, these beautiful pieces and, like, overnight. And people are like, wow, that went up. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what are, what's your style? Um, You know, my style is a mixture of all those different genres. I like, I, I do stencil work, um, freehand. Um, I just do whatever like, inspires me. Like, I, I, I. I like it all. So whatever is the, cool. the, the quickest way for me to, you know, I haven't done any illegal street, street art in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now it's like, you're like, yeah, yeah now, do you I know, feel like getting arrested? No, really? you know, now it's just like, <laughs> I understand that it's the business side of it. Like, so over the last, I'll say decade or so, uh, street art has become very popular in mainstream. Yeah. So um, now, you know, us as artists, we're actually making a career and a living off of putting up murals and doing public art for cities and, you know, for private clients, you know, right. so it's, it's, it's a, it's a really cool thing to transition from just being a street artist and putting up art just for the love of it. Now you still put up for the love of it, but you're also getting paid too, yeah. which is a, you know, it's so important, which is a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool that art, street artists are getting that recognition. And now, you did the benches in downtown yes. Palm Springs, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, right, and you had Basquiat, right? On I put Basquiat on on oh, one I of the bench. I can't even say his name, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I mean, it's it's, it's um, you know people pronounce it so many different ways, so no worries, yeah. no no big deal. Um, yeah, I put Basquiat on uh, one of the uh, benches downtown. Um, Keith Herring as well, and Andy Warhol. That's and awesome. And actually, um, we put Frida Kahlo as well. Right. Don't you have Dorothy on there from the Wizard yes, of Oz? Have, yes, we we have Dorothy. She's over at the bus stop right across the street from uh, Lulu's. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your documentary, which mm-hmm. I watched last night. I loved. 
Thank so you. it's the art of the hustle, homeless street artist. Yes. How did you come up with that idea? Because I've seen myself, one in particular, uh, one of the characters in your documentary, uh, Scratch. Yes, Scratch, yes, yes. So I've seen his art. Like, I used to see it, and I Mm -hmm. used to see it. I was like, who is doing that? That's pretty cool, (laughs) you know, because he would leave it in front of a a certain liquor store. And I've seen it for years, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was really fascinated by it. And I was like, that's really cool. And so I remember my friends were like, oh, a homeless guy is doing that. Yeah, Scratch, yeah. Scratch is really cool. Like, um, well, the way... uh, the homeless artist, street artist um, documentary came about. I had actually filmed a documentary before that called the Art of Hustle Street Art Documentary. Oh. And I had a um, an artist from um, Long Beach area. I had an artist from uh, Desert Hot Springs and myself um, on this documentary. And one day I was downtown doing, um, walking down the street in the middle of filming this, this documentary, this first one I filmed. Uh, and it was on, I think, the street the Thursday night when we had the street fair, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I saw a scratch set up on like one of the uh, the benches out there in front of um, Las Casuelas, mm-hmm. and he had like these small little like canvases of this like unique artwork. So I walked up and I said, "Hey, are you selling these?" He said, "Yeah." He said five bucks. So I bought one from him, and I said, and I got an idea. I said, "Hey, I'm doing a street art documentary. Would you like to be a part of it?" Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just kind of just the idea just like popped in my head, like why not feature? He's an artist. Right. He's selling artwork on the street. Yeah. Why not give him an opportunity to be a part of a, um, my documentary? So I gave him my card. I said, "Do you have a phone number?" He's like, "No, I don't have a phone number." I said, "Okay." So I gave him my card, and I didn't know he was gonna call me or not. Um, the next day, I was on a different location, and he called me from someone else's phone. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Hey, I got your card. I want to be a part of your documentary." I said, "Okay." Where are you at? I'll drop everything I'm doing. I'll come over there and we'll film. And he was uh, um, behind the Smoke Tree Village over there at Palm uh-huh, Springs. Uh-huh. And he was like doing recycles or something like that. You know, recycle, recycling was real big. You can get some money for your recyclings and stuff so he can feed himself. And um, I filmed it right on location. Wow. Filmed it right on location. And then we, you know, from there, we just built like a really, really cool bond. Like I knew exactly where he was staying at. And I would go visit him, you know, and we would film. And, um, when I wrapped up that first film and started putting it on the film circuit, the film festival circuit, the, the um, overwhelming response I got or the question I got was, what happened to Scratch? Yeah. Everybody wanted to know because it was so different different from the, the other artists that were on there, but because his story was unique because he was well, homeless and creating art on the streets. Right. And plus it was very cinema veritas because you captured him when he got hurt. Yes. And it was, that was in the second I was like, yes. Yes. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. okay. So then you did yeah. the second one from this one. Yes. This is yeah. not the same so one. Okay. He was featured in my first documentary. Uh-huh. So after that, me and Scratch, I would, you know, check on him periodically. Uh-huh. You know, and um and I just got the idea. I said, I said, you know, I'm just gonna do another another documentary, but this time I'm gonna focus on Scratch and if I can find any other homeless artists and really get their story out there, let people know like these these are individuals that's we would we would consider in despair, right? Right. But they still, you know, have the um, inspiration to create artwork. And I thought to myself when I went home, I said, "Wow, how many people, if they were in that despair, would even think about being creative?" Right. So that was unique and fascinating to me. So I said, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to shoot a documentary separate from my first one, which is street art. This is going to be called 
homeless street artist. And for about three months, me and Scratch probably spent almost every day together. Wow. So that's how I was able to uh, capture him getting hurt. And I actually took him to a few different um, medical centers. They wouldn't take him because they didn't have any insurance. But that's awesome just to see that, just yeah. to, you know, just yeah. to see the real life, like what this man has to go through, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so we took him over, I took him right over here to Desert, Desert Regional. And they took him there. And um, he had a fracture. So I don't know if something had happened. Or, yeah, his yeah. foot was totally broke. I was yeah. looking at that. I was yeah. like, his foot is yeah, broken. Yeah, I said, dude, I, I said, <laughs> He said, I think it's a spider bite. I said, no, dude, I, I don't like, think that's, I've been bit by a spider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, that yeah. foot is broken, yeah. you know? And I love how you're, you're diagnosed, you're like sitting there diagnosing it. No, dude. it's really different from the <laughs> other foot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a doctor, but dude, this looks yeah. pretty different. And um, so he, I, I guess um, the story was that, um, I guess he, someone had assaulted him or got into some type of. Um, altercation. That was a story he told me. Now I don't know. I haven't been able to verify that story. But um, when you're living in elements like that, and you know, um, we're dealing with a lot of mental illness. Oh yeah. Out here in in, in this area, so it's not um, far fetched that that could have happened. So, but I mean, I'm I was glad I was able to get him over there. They put the cast on it, and he was actually able to heal from that. So, you know, I wanted to really tell that story, and I think we. Oh, yeah. You did such a great job. It was very, I was like really following it. I was like, oh, my gosh. And he was even drinking from the the water. Like there was a tap over there. There there was Mm -hmm. an outdoor tap and he was drinking from the Mm -hmm. water. And you're like, is that water clean? He's like, yeah, it tastes clean. Or or he's like, like, I believe in the grace of God or whatever. The funny thing is what, what came through my mind is that a couple of years ago, I think, I was sitting at Tropical. Mm-hmm. I had worked here and I sat at Tropical and this man was sitting next to me and he happened to be an attorney who mm-hmm. had, um, he was like this consultant attorney mm-hmm. and he had gone to Desert Regional and they were investigating Legionnaire's disease because mm-hmm. they were looking to see, like he was kind of a forensics attorney type mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. to see if it Legionnaire's had come from the hospital because one of their patients had come down with it. Mm, well, that man was okay. a homeless man, and they found out he got it through the tap from mm. he was drinking mm. outside. Mm. So yeah, so I was just like, uh, <laughs> you know, really, yeah, no, honestly, yeah, because I really, know? you know, I really built up a really, you know, um, a, a love for like a brotherhood with with Scratch. So, so I, you know, I was really concerned on, you know, what he was doing. Right. You know, I, I just didn't want to stick a camera in his face and like, you know, I just want to get his documentary. Yeah. I really was concerned about, you know, his safety and, well, I and, can and see get his story shows. out there. Yeah, they get his story out there. So it shows it's that empathy. It's that con- that's real connection. That's yeah. why I'm like, this is really cinema veritas. Like you could, Thank you. I appreciate the that. way you showed the story. I mean, I felt like I was there and I was mm. like, oh, he needs to, you know, yeah. and plus, <laughs> plus I'm a little bit weird in, in, you know, I have serendipities like with that thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, he could get Legionnaires from that because yeah. this guy was like at you're Tropical right. no, and right. it's in the area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, but that's, it, that's only to me. I don't think anybody else would have uh, yeah, known it, that. Yeah, so it, yeah, you're right. So it's very it's interesting. In the medical field, yes. So those the other two characters that you had um, in so it was Catherine and Aaron. It was Catherine. Is and, that the guy's uh, it name? It wasn't Aaron. It was Catherine 
I had, uh, it was Catherine and a, and a young gentleman from, um, he was actually from Alabama. He wasn't actually from here. Right, yeah. right. And he was like college educated. Yes, college educated. And he came out here. And it's funny, um, I saw him randomly. Uh-huh. Right? He had just got uh, evicted from his apartment. And I guess when he left, he took the, uh, I guess there's one of those sleigh beds. So it was like this this wooden plank that was under it. He uh-huh. snatched that and took it with him and just was upset and just was on the side of the building that he had just got evicted from painting. Oh, wow. So I actually bought the painting off him. I gave him $100 for it. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, oh, cool. He's like, I'm shooting, I'm filming a documentary. You'd like to be a part of it? At first, he's a little skeptical. Like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I'm seriously, that's what I'm seriously doing. So then he just really told me his story. He was like, you know what? And he was really young, like he was like 30, 31. Yeah, he was very and, young. And he um, told me that he came out here and just got on drugs and, you know, this is what happened to him. But I can get an update on him. He's actually back home in Alabama. Oh, that's good. And he's uh, got his own place, working, clean. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So. so for Catherine, I, her, I mean, her sculpting with the sand and the mud. Wow. Amazing. Was that amazing I, I love the what? faces. I was like, oh my gosh, this yeah. woman is so yeah. talented. Is so, and had the sweetest soul. Like she yeah. was like, really like, you wouldn't even believe that this person was homeless. Like. They're like the sweetest soul. I know people that have everything and they're just angry. <laughs> right. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah, so. yeah, I was talking to my coffee friends. I I, I have these guys um, that I see at coffee, uh, Joe and Dave. They're a couple. Mm-hmm. And um, I see them all the time. And Joe was telling me, he's like, yeah, I had everything. He goes, Dave looked amazing at that time. He was so hot. Mm-hmm. And I was so miserable. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know. Yeah. And he used to do Vincent Price's hair. He was mm-hmm. the barber for Vincent okay. Price. Okay. You okay. know, and he's like, I had everything. He goes, I had a son. He goes, I had everything. But I was just so miserable. Yeah inside yeah. so but these people are so happy and they yeah. talk about that they're free yeah that they're i think they talk about because I, I was really conceptualizing that this mm-hmm. morning on mm-hmm. my walk and i was like what do they mean by free mm. you know because they are dealing with a lot of elements yeah, absolutely you know yeah. it, so it's, you're not necessarily free but i'm thinking that their soul feels free i mm. i don't know how do you interpret um, that well, I'll just interpret it as when I when they say free, I think maybe just free from whatever they feel like society is um, bills and like responsibilities and mortgages and cars. Maybe maybe that can be what they mean free. Like don't have those worries. Worry free maybe when it comes to just having to get in a rat race and and, and acquire these things or pay for these things. Um, also, it could be I can also interpret it as maybe just free to create and just be themselves be themselves and just have that type of freedom cuz even though I'm in the I'm in the world I'm you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paying bills I'm doing what I need to do in society it's hard you know it's it's, it's tough right <laughs> it's tough cuz you you know you you have to pay bills so that's always in your mind like in the back of your mind right but I do get this uh euphoric feeling when I'm painting yes i have this freedom and I'm, i feel like I'm really connected you know with yeah the, with, with your the higher universe. source yes. yeah with the universe in like a special way. And how I know that to be true is um, I lose the space and time. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So I could start painting eight in the morning and I look up, it's already one, two o'clock. And I feel like I've only been painting for an hour. So that's yeah. how I know I'm in my purpose. 
when that happens, I know I'm I'm in another space. I'm in another yeah. Place. So yeah, yeah. They could that could be their freedom as well. Like that that artwork and and creating, you know, drowns out everything. Me, them and that's what they and, said. Yeah, yes. and being you know so. They're able to go, because I study quantum uh, jumping. I study Mm -hmm. timeline jumping. uh, And I do do it in Mm -hmm. in changing your reality. So, and I do believe we we are living in like a holographic universe. So, (laughs) so if you are not happy, you can change stuff, you know. And I've consulted um, Mm -hmm. physicists Mm -hmm. and uh, quantum physicists and all kinds of really interesting Mm -hmm. people who do study this stuff and time travel as well. So there's a theory that a lot of homeless people are time travelers, that they lose that space and time, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, I'm so getting goosebumps. And it's funny funny you say that because um, I would, you know, I I used to be a barber for many years um, before I, you know, I would absolutely do my art, my street art and barber at the same time, but I was able to transition into being an artist full time. And one thing about my career as an artist, I would lose even what day of the week it was. Yeah. So you're right. Like that's can be considered some type of like it's a time travel space continuum, yeah. like some kind of like weird space. And I, I I try to convey this to people. They just don't really understand what I'm saying. But you're right, you're right. No, I've been studying it because yeah. after we're done with this podcast, I will not share this story now because I am saving it for a different yeah. Yeah. Um, thing. But I will share yeah. a very interesting story okay. with you, right. which will. Uh, show you that okay. time travel yeah. is real, and yeah. I've talked about this on another podcast, which I <laughs> it, it, it was yeah. my this guy's yeah. podcast because mm-hmm. he was like I was like let's talk about time travel because he's like what do you want to talk about time travel I was like yeah I have yeah. great stories about mm-hmm. time travel yeah. and so um, he called my bullshit but I was like you believe what you want to believe yeah. and I'll believe what I want to believe and I actually I have believe proof. I believe you can lose time and space right yeah. right yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's pretty amazing but I do that too I mean when I perform when I tell stories mm-hmm. when I'm writing you mm-hmm. know even when I'm doing my podcast yeah. I'm like lo- like right now I'm like I don't know where we are yeah. I don't know what time it is <laughs> I just know that we are in this amazing yeah. space yeah. Yeah. and that's what um, it's about. And that's what it's about. <laughs> so what's happened with uh, your protagonist in the story, your characters in, in your documentary? Um, um, you know, Catherine, I, I, I want to update you with the other gentleman. He's doing better. He's back home in, in Alabama, and he's doing really well. Uh, Catherine, I, I haven't been able to find her. I've been Because she was down in, actually, um, she was down in Indio, Almost the, the border of Coachella, like by uh, Spotlight Twenty Nine, I think. I think that casino Spotlight Twenty Nine. I may be mistaken, or I think it is Spotlight Twenty Nine. She was like right under. Yeah, it used to be Trump Twenty Nine. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it was owned by Donald really? Trump years oh, ago. Yo. When it first opened, it was okay. it was fun uh, fact, huh? Yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> I it didn't was, know that. that was, I learned something new today. Fun yeah. fact. Okay. It cool. was Donald Trump's really? um, casino, and he they used to give away all this free shit. Really? Because my parents bought their place mm-hmm. in Palm Springs mm-hmm. in 2005 because they didn't like to travel. Mm-hmm. So, but they did like to gamble. Oh, okay. So they went to all the casinos. They have they have like a garage room full of free shit. Really? Like just like all oh, kinds wow. of weird stuff, like waffle irons and yeah. just weird weird yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. You know <laughs> that they don't cool. use, all but right, they yeah. but but. That casino, the Trump casino, used to give away the most stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, fun fact. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, she was under, by Spotlight 29, and she was, like, under this underpass, right? 
And um, I, I actually, a friend of mine was the one that told me about her. And we can't, we scheduled to go uh, see her. And uh, she had incredible work. Like, I mean, like I say, the face sculptures. Yeah, those and, were amazing. And she did it out of like just the elements, like some mud and water and actually used like little pieces of twigs. Yes, yes. I was like, you really, like, it, 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 it amazed me when I saw it. I was like, wow, you did this? Yeah. She was like, yeah. So I said, you know what? Um, can you draw, you know, picture for me? And then I, you know, I paid her to draw the picture. And um, she actually, <laughs> it's funny, it was some construction workers, I guess, working on the road or some road workers mm-hmm. working across the street on the other side of the underpass. She actually made a portrait of them actually doing their work and showed it to me. It's amazing. Yeah. Do you know her backstory? Like, how did she, did she tell you? Well, about- she told me, I think she was, she's from, um, I think she was from Northern California. I think she, I think if I recall, um, she had came out to the Valley and just, um, some life circumstance happened and she wound up being homeless. But I said, well, would you always want to be homeless? And she said, I'm fine. I'm telling you. She's like, I'm they're, fine. I don't, you that's guys what enjoy. she said. Yeah. She said, I'm fine. I, I, I don't have any issues. I have my, my drawings. I have my stuff. I'm good. And she said, people always pull up and give her stuff. Um, um, uh, people come up and give her art supplies. You know, yeah. she, uh, she sees so much in that intersection. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, she did talk about it is dangerous as well. Yes, because be there's a lot. Of, yeah, because a lot of sometimes it's like it gets dangerous. Sometimes, like you know, other people. Because I, I noticed from across the street, you had some. Um, I don't know if they were homeless, but they, they you could tell they were on some type of drugs. They would come over, like so. It's a lot of different transients of people yeah. coming in that area. So you definitely um, have to um, be vigilant. Right, right. <laughs> right. And also, she said that that was a really. Um, interesting spot with accidents happening there. She says oh. she sees cars flip over. And, oh, wow. Yeah, so you're like, you're on the underpass. So. Yeah. Um, so she probably sees a lot of action under there. I'm sure. Yeah. Gosh, she um, could do her own documentary. So about maybe, I know, right? <laughs> She's getting her camera set up home there. I got a good editor for it. So. She's like, <laughs> yeah. net, the next Netflix <laughs> yeah. docuseries. So, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I a couple months ago, I went, down to the area and she was no longer there so oh, wow. i i've been trying to um get in contact with it now it's a um it's a couple i know they do um they um they have a homeless um organization called street life project oh uh-huh yeah so i gave they um their information at the end of the film to if anybody wants to donate or so i i i'm gonna get in touch with them to see if they know what Catherine because they usually know everybody all the homeless people yeah. in the valley, where their location's at, you know, because most of them have come through their organization at one point. Right. I yeah. do know um, that there is a woman, the guy at the medical store um, on Perez Road in Cathedral City, told me that there is a woman who um, is starting, uh, I guess she got like a bus or something where mm-hmm. she is going around and it is a medical unit. Yes. Uh, and then she's getting a lot of the elderly homeless um, into um, skilled nursing facilities. Mm. Uh, so he was telling me about this project that was going on. He said she's getting ready to launch it and start it. Um, it's something with Medi-Cal and mm. she got some grant from the government. So which is great, you know, yeah. Um but um, he gave me her information. Uh, I have it on a receipt somewhere. So, mm. 
but but which is a good thing. So what happened to Scratch? Do you know? Well, you know, Scratch. He's still Scratch is still you know doing his art. I mean, me and him will will we'll, every every once in a while we get a beer and just you know, I won't buy him any like hard alcohol. He's like, man, you can drink a beer with me. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, guys get together all the time and drink beer, right? Like, so I'll drink a beer with you. He, just had, the, he had the shopping bag <laughs> yeah, full yeah, yeah. of, like, empty vodka bottles. I, I, and I was looking through it like, dude, like, oh what gosh. was going on here? Like, Yeah. So I would never eat, you know, I would never buy him, like, any hard alcohol. But, I'll, you know, I'll drink a beer with him or we'll eat some lunch together. Um, You know, it's, it's amazing. He was able to go to the premiere of the documentary with me. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And he got up to speak and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that <laughs> yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so he was able to see. Oh, so. so he had his like five minutes. Uh, he was, man. I mean, and we were sitting there in the audience. He was like, that's me up there. Oh, That's me. That's so amazing. And I got up there. I kind of couldn't. I was so like overwhelmed with emotions. I couldn't even speak. Oh, I, can, it, it, it's, it, I can imagine. And he took over and just did all the talking for me. I was like, <laughs> I was done. He's like, this is my show. Thank so, you. Somebody in the audience like, Tyson, get it together. <laughs> They were like, get it together, Tyson. I can't. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he just took the will and really wow. just, you know, brung it home. Yeah. yeah. So it was really cool that he was able to. It, it yeah. was like his higher, his yeah. higher power yeah, he can, was yeah, like, he, thanks for doing the work for me. Yeah. <laughs> he really was like, he really took the will and really did the Q&A. That's I was so awesome. Mess. I was a mess. So Yeah. No, I can imagine. I've been there. I've been there. It's hard when it's it's so overwhelming yeah, when yeah. you're doing everything yeah, and yeah. you're like, okay, now I got to speak, yeah, you yeah. know. And um, it, it, it's it, I I yeah. hear you. I. So, but um, you know, we 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 get together once in a while. Like when I get a, when I get a free moment, I always go down and see where he's at, and we just. He said, "Man, thank you, man. You know, you've been so good to me." I said, "No, man, thank you for you know, inspiring me. Like, yeah, I have no excuse. Yeah, I have a home. I have you know, yeah." I've been blessed in a sense, right? So it was very inspiring because you know, it's you're just like, oh wow, yeah. if these people are can create, are, yeah. can create it's like anybody. What's my, it's what's like my what's excuse? my excuse? You know. There you go. Um, <laughs> what got me too? I, this is a weird thing too. Is the Kentucky Fried Chicken mm-hmm. and throwing away the food? Yeah. yeah. And how um, uh, Scratch was saying he was dump- dumpster diving. Yeah. He's yeah. And it looked pretty good. And I've heard before that many of these places can't just give them the food, but they have to actually put it in the dumpster, which I think they make it kind of nice because then Mm -hmm. they're not liable for it. And you know what's fascinating about that? That's the only time that I was filming Scratch and he actually felt embarrassed about that. Really? If you go to film, he's like, don't film this. He said it really low on his his tone. He's like, got it out to trash. I got it out to trash. <laughs> Didn't you tell him go? There's like documentaries yeah, on dumpster like, diving. People do it in New York all the time. Or, or I guess here too. That right there you know? for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I just for like a small, just a, a small second. I think. Uh huh. Um, it embarrassed him, or he just didn't feel great about that. But he was huh. like, "Yeah, I mean, if you watch the film again, you'll probably see it. It's very, it's very um, subtle." Yeah. But, yeah, but he says that. He's like, don't film this. I got it out the trash. Let's <laughs> say, dude. That's a great part. But you look at the chicken and it looks normal. I mean, it normal. looks like it looks something good. they'll sell you for like 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what they do. I think they make it nice so they don't put 
garbage yeah. on it yeah. so yeah. that they, they know go, yeah. that people can go yeah. and get it. Yeah. But if they, they can't actually, there's some weird legality of it, but yeah. which is so dumb. But anyway. You know, um, I guess once you put it in the trash, then it becomes property of the public, I guess. Whatever. Right, yeah. right, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, so, so they don't have any, yeah, yeah they, they, don't, they have don't have any, any yeah. ties to yeah. it for somehow. They can't get, you know, sued or anything or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I love, love, love your movie, but another thing that I find so fascinating about you is that you're offering a scholarship fund. Yes. So did you already award that? Because you said uh, we were going to award this year, this year because um, we were um, we started up the fund and people wanted to donate. And I don't, I'm I'm not taking any donations for it. It's just coming straight out of ten um, percent of my earnings for the year. Oh wow! Yeah, because people are like we can donate to your. No, I'm not taking any donations. That's not what I do. This is coming from me. That's awesome. So I think when I when I do my taxes this year, I'm going to take ten percent of my earnings and award a student with a scholarship. You know, oh, that's It may so not cool. be anything like super life changing. Maybe it could be. I'm not sure, but um, it's going to be my smart. My, I mean, my contribution to the art world. You know, until so it's for a student, um, a teenager that's wanting going, to do art. Yes. Yeah, so any teenager or anyone that's going to uh, pursue art as a career, um, they can um, apply. And I have a, a few uh, applicants already. So that's I'm looking so cool. At, yeah. Yeah, so. I love that because I love philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know if you know of the old mayor of Los Angeles, Reardon, Mayor Richard Reardon, if you know anything mm-hmm. about him. He was a huge philanthropist. He owns um, this, uh, oh, I can't, I think of the name now. There, He owns a um, restaurant mm-hmm. across the street from the Staples Center. Mm, okay. Uh, I, You know what, it's. After we're done, I, it'll probably come to me. <laughs> yeah, you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's on the corner. And what yeah. he does is, so he opened that restaurant mm-hmm. um, a long time ago because yeah. he was an entrepreneur, businessman. And um, what he takes, ex, it's run by ex-cons. Mm, okay. You know, so okay. he hired ex-cons and some yeah. of them had been working there forever. And I remember I was dating a guy years ago and he took me there and he's like, my dad used to take me here when I was a kid. He goes, mm-hmm. the pancakes are amazing. And everybody that runs this place is an ex-con. Mm. that is working here so that was one of his things is really giving back into the community and helping people and and i just uh you know he actually spoke at my graduation at ucla uh for grad school and then i had seen him again i was teaching at uh, mount st mary's and he Mm. was one of the um, contributors to the school oh, that's cool. and he was they, he was being honored one evening and um, he had Alzheimer's at that point so I was like oh my god I, you know he was like <laughs> I was like super fan yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and because I loved his philanthropy and everything that yeah. he did I was like I want to be just like him and his daughter stopped me from going to talk to him mm. she's like He's not really well mentally, mm, you know, okay, okay. and and I go, I just want to, I, and yeah. I told her that I just right. want you to know, I love what he did for the city of Los Angeles. Cause when he was mayor, the streets were clean, Wow. but, but not only were they clean, but he also rehab people, yeah, you know, help yeah. people to get better, yeah. you know, yeah. um, as far as I know. Okay, someone's going to be like, well, did you know that he did this? Everybody has a dark side. But that's what I saw, okay? Uh, That was your experience. Yeah, (laughs) and I I got, you know, very, um, uh, like I wanted to do the same thing. And so, um, you know, and that's what I do uh, through my writing classes is I've given uh, several writing classes for free for people who 
uh, are experiencing burnout, PTSD, mm. and, and just feel a need to take the classes yeah. and stuff. So I love that. We need more of people like us. Yes. You know, it's just world. always good to, you know, I think it's, if you're, you're blessed in, you know, in your life and it's, it's, it's almost your duty to give back, you know, because that's a part of, you know, receiving, you know, you got to get. It's true. You know, so, yeah. So I'm always. Keep been, that balance going. I've always been an advocate for that. Yeah. To help people. Yeah. You know. Cool. So. Anything else you'd like to add? Where can people find you and look at your amazing artwork <laughs> other than coming to Palm Springs? Um, you know, uh, my website um, is uh, TysonKnight.com. That's T-Y-S-E-N-K-N-I-G-H-T.com. So usually, you know, when I tell people Tyson, they put the O, which is right. natural. I don't get all like weird about it, right? So it's natural. I say Tyson with an E. So it's TysonKnight.com. Um, also, you know, social media, like, you know, your, your regular social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, you know, YouTube, I have a YouTube channel too, Tyson Knight. So, I mean, you can find me there. Um, and people can see your documentary yes. on your, it, the link is on your, um, yes. website. Yes. So, and which website. I will yes. have those on yes. the show notes. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. so thank you so much. This has been super fun. Thank you. It's All been right. A pleasure being here. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. We'd love it if you gave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'd also love a monetary donation. You can go ahead and donate on Venmo at nurses hypo. Links are at the show notes. If you'd like to take any of the well-written nurse writing and storytelling classes, those links are also at the end of the show notes. And we'd love it if you come and uh, learn the art of storytelling. Thanks again for listening. Till next time. <laughs>